Hello everyone and welcome to yet another episode of Balls and Whistles, a sports podcast from Highland News and Media. I'm sports editor Will Clark and joining me is a man who's been described as the future of sports journalism, as the next Dennis Taylor and a pain in the bum. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Andrew Henderson. I will quite happily take two of those descriptions. That was almost complimentary for a bit there. Can I ask the one you took issue with? I've leave that up to your imagination. I'm sure somebody can guess whoever's listening to this. Okay. You've got your glasses the right way around, so I'm guessing it's Dennis Taylor. <laughs> I was more thinking if I did turn them upside down, it probably wouldn't be that different because they're not Dennis Taylor size glasses. It probably wouldn't have that much of an impact. Yeah. I'm, I'm delighted that you took no exception to being called a pain in the bum. After all, we're journalists. That's our job. I mean, yeah, to an extent. We have to, to question people and... I suppose a lot of things have been getting questioned over the last week and our roles come to the fore in that sense. I'm sure we'll get onto that in a bit. It's, I feel like it's been quite a busy week. Is it just me? Uh, yeah, it's just you. No, it's not just you, Endo. No, no. Of course it's been uh, busy at the other side of the bridge uh, with a new manager appointed at Inverness Caledonia Fissile and uh, was the heavy favourite Billy Dodds. Yeah, he'd been in the mix, according to basically everyone, for a wee while. Finally got confirmed on Wednesday I don't think it was a huge surprise to anyone just because his name had been touted for so long. Personally, I think it's a, a decent enough move. It keeps the continuity going. You know, he's experienced. He's been watching the team for years as part of his media work. He's lived in the area for a long time now. It's the first time he's stepping up to be a manager as opposed to a number two. But fresh ideas. I'm, I'm quite excited to see where this one goes, actually. I'm, I'm supportive of the, the appointment, but I've just got one question. When, when Neil McCann turned the job down and before the, the, the job was put out um, for anyone to apply for, why wasn't Billy Dodds asked if he wanted the job, yes or no? Or was he asked? You know, it could have saved a heck of a lot of time if he was keen, if he was Cali Fissel's ideal man, that uh, this, could, this issue could have been resolved weeks ago. We do have the answer for you, Will. Yeah. <laughs> do because cool. I've got clips from the press conference at Billy okay. Dodds unveiling. We've got a couple of clips from Dodds himself and from CEO Scott Gardner where he did touch on that exact point. Do you want me to just play Scott Gardner's stuff right now and get the answers to the question that you've clearly been thinking about? Yeah, go for it. I dare you. Well, I think the run that we went on when Billy joined us, uh, we were in a fairly precarious position and um, Exactly at that moment, I would say we were we were in real danger of sort of trapdooring uh, down into Division One, and that would have been pretty unthinkable because on the business side of things, things are going to plan, going very well. We have a we have a, a real focus. Um, uh, we know the path that we're on. We know where we're going. We know how to get there. Um, but football is football, and things happen on the pitch that you that you can't always control. So there was a big worry when Billy came in. Um, of where we were t potentially going. But uh, the way he worked with Neil, um, I think the next six games, we won them all, which was spectacular. And uh, I saw the influence that he had within the dressing room. You know, it's not always the case when a, a manager uh, leaves the club that the assistant is automatically given the job. So we, we thought Billy was absolutely excellent. We saw the influence he had. We saw the positive uh, frame of mind he was constantly in. How he, how he managed to uh, project that onto uh, squad players who had not uh, not been in a particularly positive frame of mind 
So that was that was all um, a buying signal for us. However, uh, we thought that we would be doing the club a disservice, we'd be doing the supporters a disservice, and the, and the players a disservice if we didn't follow through with uh, the interview process and actually see who was out there. The best thing that happened for me was saying that to Billy, and he was going, of course, no problem at all. So he was confident within himself that he'd come through that. You know, I said to him, you're in the box seat. However, who knows what happens here? So we had a long list, uh, which came down to a short list. Um, and uh, uh, thankfully, very helpfully, Billy uh, came through as the best man for the job. It would have caused me and the board uh, a real problem if he wasn't, um, because we were thinking going into the process, well, if Billy is the man we think he is, he should he should come through this. But we had some really brilliant candidates come in. And um, but even even so, when all was said and done, we still, you know, all sat around the table, boardroom table in Abbey Moore, which is where we had the interviews and said, no, he's he's the man. So it was unanimous and it was easy at, at that stage. The appointment of John as sporting director is a, is a culmination of life coming at us the way it has in the last six months. Um, we didn't, uh, we'd be fibbing if we said at the beginning of the season, um, we would end up with Neil McCann and Billy Dodds um, in the dugout and uh, John coming back into a sporting director position. But life comes at you sometimes and it's how you deal with the things that, that, uh, come, that come at you. So uh, John's position as sporting director, and there's a good reason why he's a sporting director, not football director, because he's going to be involved in so many different projects. He's been tremendous already. He's been at multiple meetings with me uh, away from the football club, but all relating to the football club. And he's been brilliant. I worked with him at Hearts in that kind of role where he brought a tremendous amount of expertise, enthusiasm and uh, respect because John is so highly respected throughout the game and he's very highly respected throughout the city. So the sporting director position was was one that was seen that would be answering to me on different uh, projects and working with them. But you're not going to throw down the drain the amount of football knowledge that John Robertson has. And so he'll come up with, um, and he has been doing already, uh, multiple files on players, possible players, players who are leaving other clubs, players who are becoming available, players down south. And if Billy thinks, well, I'm needing a, uh, a whatever, you know, uh, a number 10 or a right-sided midfielder or, or any, whatever position, um, if he doesn't have any in mind, if Billy doesn't have any in mind, he would come to, uh, he'll go to John and say, what's out there? But that is only one slither of John's role. It's not the same as a football director at other clubs where the football directors are the head coaches there. John is sitting to my left, Billy's sitting to my right, and uh, everything that happens, if you know Cali Thistle, everything that happens through the double doors in the football department, that's Billy Dodds. And he's the head coach. He will have the final say, the first say and the final say on any players that he wants. It's then my job or sometimes John's job, because he's got a relationship with agents, to go and see if we can get that deal done. But the, the one clear thing is the three of us just want the best for the football club. And on the assistant manager front, obviously Scott Kelliker. Um, who we who we still talk to just about every week. Um, Scott, at some stage, will be coming back into the into the fray. Um, but in the meantime, um, we're we're changing the structure slightly, so we will we will be looking to bring in someone in a slightly different position. So we won't be replacing uh, Scott with anyone. We're going to bring in someone else in a 
in a different role completely. So we have we have a good plan. Billy buys into it. In fact, he's he's made huge contributions to it. Um, and uh, I think we're I think we're in a good place right now. We just need to crack on now and um, get back to some some form of uh, normality and get get the, get the team uh, back where we where we need it to be. After Billy's interview, uh, one of the things I discussed with the board were, do we think he's the man that can get us promoted? And the answer was yes. And, and we were asking that about, you know, as each candidate, after we spoke to each candidate, do we think this, is, this man can get us promoted? So promotion is the target. That, that's the be all and end all for it. We're, we're not here uh, to run a nice, well-run football club and never achieve our goals. So our goals are very, very clear. We've got a philosophy as a club. Um, we have a position in the community that we fulfil. Uh, we want to go above and beyond on, on all of that. And um, But that was that's what, exactly what the board said in relation to targets. Can he get us into the Premier League? 100%. And if he does that, then it'll be our job to help him make a stick. But that we're, it's a, it's a, we're all in it together. And... Uh, that's that's the plan. So there's a lot of really interesting stuff there. I let that run quite a bit of time, as you would have heard. But there's a lot of stuff there, a lot of questions that I had about the specific role and the dynamic between Billy Dodds and John Robertson as sporting director. I think a lot of stuff was actually answered there as well in terms of who has final say on transfers, what the situation is with the coaching staff, what the targets are for this next season. It seems to have really had a clear idea of what Cali Thistle wanted, where they're going to go and how they're going to get there. So everything seems to be going in the right sort of direction for them right now. The appointment of John Robertson as sporting director, I always thought it would have a massive influence on who was appointed as head coach. And even for Billy Dodds was always the heavy favourite. As time and time went on, I was starting to think, is it going to be a younger guy that's going to be appointed to head coach? for a role that would probably be acted like the master teaching the apprentice, or in Star Wars terms, the Jedi teaching the Padawan. Now, I know this is Billy Dodds' first full-time manager gig. I know he was caretaker manager at Dungeon United, but he's also very experienced as an assistant at Ross County, as well as at Queen of the South and Dundee. So I know Don Kerry was banded about a lot, and I thought as time went on, there's a very good chance that he might become the head coach or just someone of his age or someone um, that's been a coach just with his ambition. But um, like I said, I think it's the right appointment. Um, I think Billy more than proved himself as a coach with uh, Neil McCann. Uh, those two deserve a lot of credit of how they managed to turn uh, Cali Fissel around. So then the one strength that uh, John Robertson will bring to help Billy Dodds is identify players who are of good quality and are capable of playing at a higher level. And hopefully this time bringing Cali Fissel to play to a higher level. I'm speaking of like said, Jamie McCart and Sean Rooney who have gone on to become double cup winners now. You've got Cole Donaldson at Ross County. You've got Daniel Mackay who's now on his way to Hibernian. But I'm also thinking the last season, you look at players like uh, Scott Arlardyce, arguably one of the best players uh, at Cali Fissel. Well, he was player's player of the year, uh, jointly with Nikolai Todorov. You've got David Carson, who was a sensation uh, last season with Cali Fissel. So the one thing that John Robertson can do is spot a good player. And uh, yes, 
Scott Garner said Billy Dawes will have the first call and the last call. But I'm sure that uh, John Robertson has got to be in a guidance uh, role regarding of what players he think can do a job for Inverness. And I think that will benefit the club and Billy as well. Yeah, it almost seems like the best of both worlds in a way, doesn't it? Because Robbo can still have his input. He can still suggest players. His eye for a player can still be important for the club. But he also doesn't have the same sort of pressures of day-to-day management anymore. Clearly, that would have been the reason he decided to step away and move into a sporting director role. And Billy Dodds is coming in full of enthusiasm for this, you know, fresh ideas. Yes, he was involved at the club the tail end of last season, but he can really do his own thing now instead of still veering everything towards what Neil McCann would have wanted. So I used the word exciting earlier on. I, I think that's the word I'm going to go back to again. I think it's a really exciting time for the club. There's a lot of optimism around it. It's totally night and day when you compare it to what Ross County was like when they appointed a manager, and that should bode quite well for Cali Thistle. I played a lot of Scott Gardner there. I think it's only fair that I play a little bit of Billy Dodds as well, and we hear from the man himself. I put together answers to a few different questions in here. So again, there's a couple of different topics covered. Let's hear what he has to say. Coming in for those six, seven weeks was brilliant for me. You know, I went away for a couple of days, as Scott knows, and I had to think about it. And it's a, one of the best decisions I've ever made football because when I came back, I thoroughly enjoyed When I decided to take, sorry, the number two role, thoroughly enjoyed it. We had success at the club. You see the type of player that's here. And, uh, you know, we know the pathway to where we hopefully are going. And that gave me my appetite. So it was a no-brainer when, uh, you know, the process came up to go and get interviewed. And... Um, it was an easy decision, and once Scott offered me the job, I just couldn't wait to get started. I've been a, a big party clubs as a number two, and you know what? I've been ready for a long time to get uh, a shot at being a number one. I cannot wait to get started. I've got, you know, things in my my head that plans that I want to do, and uh, I'm own man now, and I'll make my, uh, my own decisions, and it's great, and uh, and it's uh, and that's why I use the word thrilled to be here now. We must be in the playoffs, at least. So that's the remit here. I know the job. I know what's got to be done. I know the players I've got, and I know where I want to go, and I know what's expected. In it. You know what? You can throw it out, but it's a realistic expectation. I will have the final say, but you know what? I would be absolutely crazy not to go and ask John Robertson, who is a football man, and we will be working together to look at players and come up with targets and identify them, and then... We'll both have a discussion and then I'll choose who's best. But we're going to be busy men, that's for sure. It's good that you know the players, you know the club. And even when I spoke to Scott even before I was going to offer the job as number two, I just think you got a good feel. Um, the in-laws as well, they're Inverness fans. So, you know, that's, uh, that kind of um, helps make your decision, let's put it that way. Um, but I think just um, seeing the players, seeing the performance levels, See where they've been for the last few years in the league. I think it's a great club to work for. Simple as that. I know the challenge. I know it's difficult. Championship is always cut through. But I'm at a club that is competitive and should be right up there and capable, capable of playoffs and more. So that's what I'm pushing for. I know my remit. I know what I want to do myself before I heard my remit. But that's what I'm striving to do. Love the title. Love the title. And we'll be pushing for it. And that's what I want. I'll be saying that to the players. You know, we want to be in this to win it. Yeah, it'll be difficult, especially with the two Premier Leagues coming, uh, teams coming down. But listen, if you don't aim for the top, then 
I don't think he should be in the game. So that's what you look for. But, you know, playoffs, uh, if we get playoffs, then so be it, we take a chance. But, yeah, I'll be, putting it, I'll be putting it to the players that this is what I expect. Promotion, whatever way you get it. It feels a little bit weird because we went so in-depth into Malky Mackay's appointment at Ross County because there was so much controversy around it. This one almost just feels like, yep, this was expected. This was going to happen. It's a good move for them. Let's see what happens going forward. It doesn't feel there's too much to actually dig into, does it? No, and um, I liked his ambition as well, um, that they're aiming for the title, uh, minimum playoffs. That's maybe what most managers would have said, whoever was appointed to the job. But um, he did touch that uh, Califus will have been in the championship for a few years now. They don't want to be there anymore. And he also touched on uh, as well that he's, he'd be mad not to work with Jordan Robertson and identifying players. As I touched previously, he has the eye for a quality player. Uh, not all the time. <laughs> More often than not, to be fair to him. Uh, I won't mention some names because that would be unfair. But most of the time, he has a good eye for a player. And um, if they get that right, they've got every chance of promotion from the championship. I spoke to Scott Arladice before and he thinks it'll be the most open championship in years. There won't be one team that runs away with it. On paper, I would agree with that. I can't see Hamilton or Kilmarnock running away with the championship, although they'll probably be up there as well. I've got a sneaky feeling about Partick Thistle. I like the moves they've been making and they've got quite a bit of an investment. So it really is going to be a really open championship and it will be a tough task, but I can see Dodds getting it right and uh, Cali Fissel being in contention as well. well. We're going to have to wait and see what happens with the playing staff, as I think was alluded to in both Scott and Billy's interviews there. There are guys coming out of contract. There are decisions that will have to be made on who's leaving and incomings as well. Of course, we're just going to have to wait and see what decisions are made with those. And I'm sure we'll be coming back in the weeks to come to discuss the ins and outs of them, literally the ins and outs of you know the playing squad. So I think basically for the time being, it's just a case of best of luck to Billy. We, we wish him well. We hope to see Kai Thistle back up in the top flight and hopefully it happens for Billy at the first time of asking. Now, I compared his appointment at Kai Thistle a couple of times there to Malky Mackay's at Ross County. I want to say right at the very start of this wee Ross County section, I said on the podcast last week that I wasn't aware of an apology that Malky Mackay had made for the controversy in his past it was pretty quickly after the podcast went out that somebody sent me a link to a video where he talked about it in depth. He apologized multiple times. That was back in 2014. So it was, it was right as these incidents were happening. So I, I just want to put on the record that there is an apology out there, at least one, probably far more. It's been repeated multiple times since. But I thought it was quite interesting to see if that would actually change people's minds because I wasn't aware of that. I wasn't sure how widely known that was. I put out the video on social media, asked the question whether it changed anything for us county fans. Overwhelmingly, the reaction was no. Um, either people already knew about it and they're still against it, or they didn't really care. They didn't buy it as a, a genuine apology or it didn't placate any opinions. I mean, I got some tweets back along the lines of nothing changes. He should know that text he sent was not acceptable in modern society. This wasn't a one-off mistake by a young person. Why should we accept an excuse of just banter? Another one was, I've known about this apology for a while and it still means nothing to me. It's damage control. He's done next to nothing to prove reform since. 
another one was do you have levels of racism racism in any form is a disgrace that being said pleased to see the apology we'll have to wait and see what he does that i think was the only positive note in all the responses i got and i don't think ross county have done themselves any favors with the news that came out after we recorded last week with the 10 players who got released the way that has happened Again, leads to come out in the last couple of days. Richie Britton is leaving the club as assistant manager, a club legend. What do you make of all the departures over the last week, Will? Uh, well, the players themselves came out and said they weren't too happy with the way they went about it by a Zoom calls. Um, Ian Vigers and uh, Michael Gardine, probably the most prominent two players to leave the club said uh, they weren't too happy. Michael Gardine was live on radio saying he was gutted the way it happened. To be fair, Ross County narrowly avoided relegation. So was that clear out inevitable? Probably. They, they had to look and said, okay, we've escaped relegation this season, but you know we don't want to be in that situation again. So they had to look at each player's contribution and say, did you play a major part in keeping us up? Do you play a major part in the future of you know improving our position? Roy McGregor recognises they're a bottom six club, but how did they get to seventh? That was probably part of the mindset. Although it's not been said who actually made these decisions for the players to leave. Well, that's what the players said themselves. They weren't sure who made the decision, whether it was Malky Mackay, whether it was the board. I agree there had to be a clear out. You know, there's one or two players that I thought, well, they could have still made a contribution to the club. Jason Naismith was one in particular that surprised me. I thought uh, he would have been a stick-on to stay. I thought he was excellent in the closing uh, stages of the campaign. But um, it's done now, and uh, we're expecting to see a flood of players coming in, in the next few weeks, starting with Ross Callaghan, who's on his way to Dingwall. That's a fantastic signing to start off with. Just to, to touch again on the releases, I'm kind of with you. I think there's inevitably going to be a turnover of players this summer. It's not even so much the releases happening that I think is the questionable, but similarly to Richie Britton, a new manager come in, you always have to expect him to have his own coaching staff that he wants to bring in with him. It's the manner of how it was done. Some players getting told over Zoom or over a phone call, you, you'd like to think that especially guys like Ian Vigers, Michael Gardine, with all they've done for the club, would have had the the courtesy, maybe the respect, if you want to go that far, of having that conversation in person. But yes, you're right. It's done now. Move on. Rebuilding job is officially on. Callahan is is a really exciting signing for them. He was outstanding in a Hamilton team, reached double figures for goals in the league from midfield in a team that finished bottom of the table. One thing that for all the midfielders. Ross County had last season for all the players that they brought in in the middle of the park they didn't really have a major goal threat from midfield so this could really give them something they didn't have before help take them to that next level even though Calhoun was playing a team that was in a relegation fight he showed his quality and he showed that he's better than what the team did last season so crack and sign for them potentially somebody they could even center this whole rebuild around going forward sure yeah but uh I was quite critical of how John Hughes was quite midfield heavy with his signings in the January transfer window. I know that players have been released now and they have to be replaced. So I would like to see three or four defenders coming in during the transfer window because Callum Morris is gone. Carl Tramarco, he's no longer playing at the club. Although I believe he's still head of youth at Ross County, I believe. So that was the big problem for Ross County last season, conceded too many goals. 
And that's why I hope that Mackay brings in basically a new defence. He basically needs to bring in a whole new team. With the amount of guys that got released, there was 10 people staying at the club in that statement, three people that were still in negotiations with. There were loans that came to an end as well at the end of last season. So they only have one senior goalkeeper. They're down to bare bones in defence. Yes, they were bloated in the middle of the park the second half of the season, but off the top of my head, I can think of four central midfielders that got released. There are probably more that I'm forgetting when you add in the loans that ended and potentially other players that got released. Billy Mackay went up front. So you're basically looking to strengthen all over the pitch. It's a big job Malky Mackay has got on his hands here, and you're going to hope for some movement pretty soon as well because... The classic thing is you want them in as early as possible, right? You want them in for the start of pre-season. That's not that far away. We're only about six weeks away from the first competitive games of the season. The quicker to get signed in, the better. And you're going to need a lot of them. So can't you have to pull a finger out and get a move on here? Yeah. Um, I believe that Ross County, they're still in negotiations with Blair Spittle uh, and Keith Watson as well uh, regarding new deals. I don't think that's been clarified as of yet, if they're staying or not. Uh, we've not heard anything about that. Ross Munro, the goalkeeper as well, uh, Nairn Boy, he's still in talks. Probably going to be number two next season to Ross Laidlaw. Um, that's still going on. But you look at the 10 players that were released. To be fair, when you looked at likes of Mohamed Moush, Jermaine Hilton, Tony Andrew, you can't really argue about them being released because not anything against their ability, but their contribution to the club, it was kind of a bit, a bit of a noticeable, to be fair. Uh, yeah, it left a lot to be desired, didn't it? Yeah, but you've lost players like Callum Norris now and, uh, you know, Ross Draper as well. So that has to be Mackay's first point of reference. How do I make us less of a soft touch? Because they were physical players, to be fair to them. Even though it probably didn't have the desired effect last season, because, like I said, second most amount of goals they conceded. So as well as looking for the guy that can score goals, they need to need guys that can prevent the goals going in as well. So I'd like to see more actually being taken on that in the next few weeks because that is the Stargate's biggest problem. And they're even more lightweight now in that area than they were before with the players released. So Mackay has got his work to do in the next few weeks, but uh, hopefully he can identify three or four defenders just to you know toughen them up a wee bit. It's officially transfer season. Got to love it. Yep. We, we love it, we hate it, <laughs> but we, lo- we live it. Well, just like I said earlier on with Callie Thistle, we're going to be keeping an eye out on all the player movements over the next week while at Ross County as well. So keep your eyes peeled on both my social media, Will's social media, the Rosher Journal, Inverness Courier's social media and websites for all the latest updates. But Will, we're talking about a lot of stuff in football off the pitch. You were at a match on Wednesday night and it was quite a big one for Alness United in the North Caledonian League. Congratulations to Alness United, who won the North Caledonian League second division title, or to give it its official name, the Ness Cup, even though it's a league. They've lifted the Ness Cup by winning the second division. It's one of those pedantic things. It's the second division. I'm not calling it the Ness Cup. They won the Ness Cup, but it's the second division. But anyway, Alness United won it on Wednesday night, deservedly so, in a cracking match with Inverness Athletic. You missed out. Uh, you should have taken the drive from Dingwall, I know. Darn. If, if you could have found the pitch. It took me about 25 minutes to find the pitch when I was in all this. Yeah, you were asking for directions on Twitter. Yeah, thanks to everyone on Twitter who helped me out. It's right at the back of the old school if anyone ever fancies a match. Because all this are playing Bonar Bridge on Saturday. 
and that's when they'll probably present the cup. But going back to Arnest United, really dominant in the second division. Uh, they've won all but one of their league matches, and that was a draw. But uh, full credit to Inverness Athletics. They really made them work for it. You know, the North Caledonia League doesn't get the respect it deserves, in my opinion. Uh, there's some quality players in there, Highland League quality players as well, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but Robert McCormack was good enough to speak to me afterwards, as was Jason Goldbeck, Inverness Athletic Manager. But the commitment from uh, All Ness United throughout the season to win matches the way they have, I mean, they've really romped the league. Sometimes it was double figures they scored in one game. Although Inverness Athletic, they only lost by one goal in each of their games to All Ness United. So even though All Ness ran away with it, they weren't head and shoulders above everyone else. There was good quality in that league. But uh, as well as winning the second division, the North Caledonian League merges into one division next season. And that's what All Ness United are really looking forward to. The season before, they were actually in abeyance. They didn't play at all. They came back into the North Caledonian League. And as a result, they were placed in the second division when the league was split into two because of the impact of the pandemic. So it wasn't the league they wanted to play in. They maybe would have been suited better to be playing in Division One with teams of a higher standard. But uh, you can only play with what's in front of you. And uh, All Nations United absolutely bossed it. So congratulations to them. Yeah, absolutely. Congratulations to everybody involved with All Ness United. It's going to be a really interesting league next season, but we've still got this one to finish off over the next few weeks. But it's not just football that's getting back into the swing of things. There's cricket back, there's table tennis back, but well, I know you're particularly excited to be covering Shinty again for the first time in almost a couple of years. It's quite emotional. Um, I actually managed to do my Shinty roundup this week for some competitive matches. And congratulations to Strathglass. I think they're the story of the week. Uh, they won the McDonald's uh, Cup for the first time in 11 years uh, by beating Glen Ockert. They were 1-0 behind at half-time and stormed back in the second half to win 4-2, so congratulations to them. Um, Alan McLeod uh, was absolutely delighted with his young team, and uh, it's given them confidence going into the regional leagues. As a national division team, they're going to need a lot of confidence. They're playing the heavyweights such as... King Nusi, Newton Moore, love it. And they're starting off against Caberfee on Saturday. But it was a big moment for them, uh, even though they couldn't celebrate with the fans. You know, it was a momentous occasion to get one over your local rivals after being beaten for so, so often over the years. So congratulations to them. Some of the fixtures have been rearranged for this weekend because the West Highland clubs, such as Fort William, Kamali, Lochaber, they're not playing due to rising cases of COVID. So that's kind of affected the fixture lists a wee bit of what they originally were supposed to be. Uh, I know Kinloch Shield, who were supposed to be playing Fort William, they're now playing Sky at the weekend. So it's going to be chop and change. It, thankfully, it won't affect the fans too much because they're, they're still not allowed in to watch the games. But uh, yeah, it's fantastic to have Shinty back. I know I've said this on the podcast before, but we've spent so much time talking about things that have been cancelled and so much time talking about things that have been postponed or that fans aren't going to get back to. Yeah, fans aren't back right now, but hopefully they will be soon. It's just great to be talking about seasons starting up again and whole sports coming back where we haven't had them in a couple of years. It's it's just great. It's so positive right now. Yep. Uh, hopefully the weather holds and there's no waterlogged pitches or monsoons at the weekend. And uh good luck to everyone taking part this weekend it's just great to have the sport but 
Well, I mentioned cricket earlier on. They will be hoping that the weather holds true as well. It's the Senior Cup back in action this Saturday. There's the Reserve League back on Sunday. There's also a mentioned table tennis. Highland Table Tennis Club are relaunching tonight as this goes out. It's the first time they've had a proper club session since the pandemic started, and they're in a bigger and better venue at Inverness Leisure. Some really exciting stuff going on there. You can read all about it in the Inverness Courier today. You can also read all about some athletics in a couple of our titles. We covered Kirsty Law a few times, really, over the last few weeks. She was victorious out in Poland. And over in the Northern Scot, there's the Back to Basics 10K in Forest, which is featuring a few Scottish internationals, including Inverness Harriers, Megan Keith and Jenny Bannerman and Highland Hill runners Caroline Marek. So there's a lot going on even outside of team sport and into athletics. We're, we're properly back into the season. Yep, uh, just another sign of normality coming back and uh, quite a high-profile um, entry list into the Back to Basics event at Forest on Sunday. Megan Keefe should be a heavy favourite to win that. Um, but I know that uh, Finlay Todd from Ross County Athletics Club, he'll be within contention to win the men's title. Uh, even though it's quite a, a high-profile list in the men's as well. But it should be an intriguing race. A lot of good stuff going on, a lot of stuff that we'll be covering the results of next week, hopefully. Well, I think that's pretty much everything I've got on my list. We've covered a lot of different sports, touched on a lot of different things there. What stood out to you that I haven't talked about yet? Mark Bridgers um, received a poem from a primary school kid in Murray, and... Uh, he wanted to say thank you to him, so he popped along to his school and uh, not only just met with him, um, he also met with his uh, school mates as well and uh, held a wee training session. It's a lovely wee story. Um, it's in the Inverness Courier, courtesy of our Murray reporter, Johnny Clark. So go and take a read of it. It'll warm your heart. Yeah, it was, it was a really just lovely story. We had one last week in golf. It was a similar sort of thing. This is just such a nice, happy heartwarming story it's great go and check it out you will not be disappointed i think then will that's all we've got for this week there's a new episode of active outdoors out this week make sure you go and check that out from john davidson as always there's health and lift nest every monday make sure you go and check out the latest episode there it's summer we're allowed to go and do more things so it's the perfect time to be taking up workout tips Go and listen to them. Will even had a question answered a couple of weeks ago. So you can get in touch and ask them whatever you want to know. And you can get in touch with us as well if you have any questions or comments about what's been going on in sport. You can find us on Twitter at balls underscore whistles or you can email us at ballsandwhistles at hnmedia.co.uk. I think that's everything. We'll be keeping on top of all the latest sport news over the next week and we'll be back next Friday with a whole new episode. Until then, have a good week. Thanks for listening.